Hey, Nikki. Hey, Selena. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome. You don't know. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute behind the scenes, but here we are. It's been a month. I think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, how the time f- goes by real slow and fast. It's true. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Favorite thing in the world. Uh, well, I want to uh, get one really quick housekeeping note out of the way, and then I've got questions for you and then we've got two episodes to cover today so there's lots to do uh but i just wanted to let everyone know that we have a youtube channel now uh you know all you have to do if if you want to hear us on youtube instead of on your podcast platform of choice is google sweet tea and tv uh or well don't google it I mean, you can. I it's think there you can. Too. Sweet TNT You can Google podcast. it. You can search it in YouTube. Yeah. Um, you can run around outside and go, I love Sweet TV. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. <laughs> I might do that today. We're also very slowly uploading things that we've uploaded to social media in the past, mm-hmm. um, you know, that sort of are uh, bringing in like the extra sugars and different segments like that. It just, everything takes time. And we've been adding the transcripts to old episodes on our website in case that's like, some people I think just like to scroll through things or like to read things instead of hearing them maybe. So, or if you, you know, know of anybody who just can read instead of listen, they're there. We're adding them slowly. Yeah. Or just like probably see our names misspelled. I'm just guessing. I've been fixing those manually. Oh. I've been fixing those manually. Because I'm so sensitive about misspelling people's names. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, for what it's worth, if they spell, as long as they don't spell my name like Brenda, which oh. is just a little far off. Yeah. You do what you need to it's do. It's S-E-L. Okay? Of course it is. It's the only one that exists. That doesn't bother you? Uh, Not in a transcript. Oh. Um, well, I got you covered. It doesn't bother it me when I you. think about you control finding 1,000 versions <laughs> of my name. And it's, not so, it's not so bad. Okay. It's it's tedious, but like it's doable. Yeah. I'll okay. do anything for you, Selena. Well, that is Almost very anything. nice. That's so I won't do that. <laughs> but I won't do that. Okay. Uh, so I just wanted to say, like, in case uh, people didn't see your kind of like, uh, I just went to the Masters because I'm fancy post. <laughs> um, Nikki had a really nice whirlwind weekend last weekend for Easter. And uh, you had uh, some things going on, staycation, masters, uh, again, Easter. And so I just wanted to know, um, besides the love, uh, your uh, uh, eternal love for your children, your husband, and your family, that's a given. What were your top three things? (laughs) That's a great way to ask that question. What were your top three things outside of those obvious things? Barring those people. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so we decided my kids had spring break. My son only sort of has spring break because he's technically in pre-K at a daycare, so he still could have gone, but my daughter was out of school. Mm -hmm. And, like, we just didn't really get it together to plan a trip somewhere. It becomes a lot to try to plan a trip every time they're out of school. And then if you're not planning a trip, because we remote work for the most part, it feels kind of silly to be away from work. And Uh if you do take time off and just stay at home, I end up just doing crap around the house and not really enjoying myself. So I just floated the idea of a staycation. I kind of thought Kyle would shoot it down. Like, I kind of thought he would say, that's kind of a waste of money, right? right? But he was like, that sounds great. Let's do it. So we stayed at the Westin in downtown mm-hmm. and um, I've never stayed there before. So that was an experience. We booked a um, sky view room. So mm-hmm. we were on the 69th floor. So we had to take like the express elevator. I see your face. 
mm-hmm. about the floor. We had to take the express <laughs> elevator to get there, and my kids loved that. So I think Aww. that the hotel experience was a lot for them yeah. in terms of like just really, really exciting, mm-hmm. um, which was something going into this trip I knew I had told my husband, like they just want to stay at a hotel and, and go in a swimming pool. Like that's what they want. So I would say like that was a top moment for me is just kind of watching their reaction to a hotel. Well, they're new. Right. Right. I mean, basically, they're still brand spanking new to the planet. And why not take advantage of the things like everything is going to be a new experience for them. Everything is going to be exciting. Like, yeah. And that's cool. It was so funny. My son, who is five, his touchstone for a hotel is Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Same. So he walked into the hotel room. It's the plaza. And he goes, where's the other rooms? And I was like, what do you mean where's the other rooms, bud? And he goes, you know, like the other rooms, like the, you know, the um, sitting room and all that. And we were like, this is it. He really speaks my language. <laughs> That's fancy kid. He was like, what's happening here? See, you're going to have to show him, oh gosh, the movie with John Candy where he becomes, nope, John Goodman, where he becomes King King Ralph. Oh. Becomes the king and he's in the bathtub in so and he's eating all the foods around the tub. Like that's my kind of just a dream yeah basically well we did get pizza that night because we were getting into town kind of late is this your number three this is number i'm still on number one okay staying at the west no no i thought i thought you were i'm still on number one slow down i I thought you were gonna go three to one three to one oh i'm not putting these in a particular okay okay that wasn't in your direction i know bad direction giver but we did let them get pizza that night because we were getting in late and we let them eat it it. in bed which was a thrill for them as well yeah 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 number two <clears throat> we went to Duck Donuts. Do you know what this is? I think I've heard of it. Um, they make the donuts fresh while you're standing there. Love it. They have a menu of choices you can select, but it's huge. And then they top them while you're there. Wonderful. So they give you the donuts and they're still warm when they give them to you. Fresh out of the... Downtown? It's in Buckhead. Okay, that sounds more right. Yeah, it's in Buckhead. They're North Carolina based, I think. Okay. And I didn't know they had moved to Atlanta. And I was Googling one morning just like where we could grab a quick breakfast. And it popped up. And I was like, well, I want to try that because I knew people had tried it and loved it. So that was a top for me, I think. The flavor. I need I'm at least one flavor. I'm to number three and feel like I forgot something. But we did that on the way to the Lego Discovery Center, which was another top if you have small kids. Flavor. I need a flavor. Flavor. Oh, sorry. Uh, we did s'mores. I might have a picture of all the flavors to remind me. I think because Kyle said, do you want to get a picture of the receipt so you can tell Selena? Um, we Good had job, Kyle. Vanilla. Oh, he is like totally on his podcast husband. The whole trip he was reminding me of things. Vanilla Easter confetti. Ooh, okay, so it was okay. like vanilla donut with like Easter-y colored sprinkles. Yeah. Chocolate Easter confetti. Okay. Cinnamon sugar. Mm-hmm. Classic. Lemon bar. Uh, glazed Easter confetti. We really went in on the sprinkles. So that was just a glazed donut. Uh-huh. Uh, s'mores, which was my personal favorite. Um, BYO cinnamon sugar. I don't know what that means. Bring your own. I know, but what does that mean? Cookies and cream mocha. Okay. I liked that one. I don't like coffee flavored things. Kyle loves coffee flavored things. So he always orders them. And he tried it and was like, I don't really care for it. I took it and I was like, that's delicious. Hmm. Uh, my son got a sunrise donut, if I remember correctly. It was maybe lemony, and it had some bright colors on it. I think that's it. That's nice. They were really good. It was really fun. Like I said, they had a whole menu that you could choose from, and um, I have a video of the menu. Oh, yeah. So that was cool. I would say that was a top. And then the last thing I was going to mention is also food-related. Um, Love it. Which is the Atlanta Breakfast Club. Have you heard of this? 
Yes. It's right across from the aquarium parking lot. My mom was going to go recently. She sent me the menu. So you went. So okay. we went. Whoa. We've been to Atlanta. This is a waffle concoction that I'm looking at, everyone. So we went to Atlanta. We've been a few times because my husband loves to go to the Atlanta United Games, which is kind of right in that same general area. And we've stayed in Atlanta a couple of times. And every time I search breakfast, this comes up and I desperately want to go, but there's always one reason or another we can't go. So this trip, he was like, is there anything you just really want to do? And I was like, I I really want to go to this restaurant. So we went on our way to the aquarium and the server came out and she, you use a QR code and get the online menu, but she goes, we also have a secret menu. And if you say the word secret menu to me, I have to know what all's on it. This was a secret menu. This is called the um, Dirty Georgia Chicken, I think. Um, okay. There was the Dirty, no, Dirty Georgia Bird. There was the Dirty Bird. Okay. This that is makes the dirty, more sense. I'm looking at the chicken tenders. This is the oh, Dirty is Georgia. A dirty Chicken bird. Butt. <laughs> I'm like, so mm. our football team in Atlanta is the Atlanta Falcons. Dirty Call them the Dirty Birds. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, what I got was a waffle with a chicken tender. Some bacon, an egg, a waffle on top, and then it was covered in like a peach syrup yeah. with sliced peaches, like a um, almost like a crunchy um, like a confectioner's crumble? sugar sort of thing, okay. and then um, like a peach butter. It was Ooh, so peach butter. Good. I like it when they do the chicken because that reminds me. Publix does a sub. During football season, you yeah. know? You mm-hmm. know. I do know. And y'all, if you don't know, it's like the chicken tenders on a sub, and it's got like a peach something going on. I think on. that's right. Yeah, so like a peach sauce, maybe. Yeah. It doesn't sound good when I say peach sauce and chicken, but I love that kind of sweet and savory thing. If you don't love the sweet and savory, you're not going to like it. But yeah. for me, I don't always, but for me, peaches are a really good inroad to that that just yeah. works, because they're so, they really kind of... um a compliment really well whatever they're with in a way yeah. that doesn't overpower mm-hmm. yeah i'm not the world's biggest peach fan if i'm just being honest so i was a little bit skeptical it's i thought it was you're delicious i think you're exactly right that the sweet and savory with peach works just, really super well it's really nice with the salt really kyle nice. got um sausage and gravy biscuits oh, which he said so were really good, good. they had yeah. a few different options of things you could get um in terms of the gravy like they could make it with chicken gravy or sausage gravy um so it was, it was that was a delicious breakfast we walked right in and sat down we're an early bird sort of family though so i would say it was like nine on a thursday when we left the aquarium later which was after lunchtime it was packed out there were people really? waiting outside well spring break it was spring break week so that well was- for us, I don't know if it was spring break week in town, but I guess other people could have staycationed. I don't know. Yeah. But if you're in Atlanta near the aquarium, near Centennial Olympic Park, totally worth it. We also did milkshakes from the yard, mm-hmm. uh, which is right outside Centennial Olympic Park. Um, Landon and I got a... What was ours? Kyle and Carolina got a cotton candy something, something or other. Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles. Thank you. I was imagining that, yeah, it was like a Fruity Pebbles <laughs> this vanilla I milkshake. Knew. I didn't know. I swear I didn't know the rest of this, but the Fruity Pebbles I knew. But yeah, so we had like a really nice vacation. We did things that Kyle and I have both done. We did some things that we've never done before. It was all new to the kids. Um, we did end up going to the pool at the Westin, which I'll also give a little plug for. It was a really cool pool. They have a retractable roof. And the day we were staying and the day we got to go to the pool, it was beautiful outside. So they had it open. Mm -hmm. I walked in there with the kids. There was nobody else in there when we got there. And I texted Kyle and was like, I feel like I'm on an actual like somewhere else vacation. 
Like it was very um, uh, city rustic. Like it felt industrial in a way, the way the roof, it was kind of an old pool. I think it was built to look that way, but I think it was also old. You're looking sort of at a brick building beside you. It just looked very industrial and cool. I felt like I was somewhere else. That's nice. We had a really great experience um, at the Westin and a really nice staycation. Oh, I'm so glad. That's wonderful. If only vacations could last forever. I know. But you know what? I think it was just the perfect amount of time. I was telling um, someone at work on Monday that on Sunday, I kind of just paused from the weekend because we did that Tuesday through Friday. We did the Masters on Friday. And then we had Easter, of course, on Sunday. And I think I had forgotten how much we're balancing on a daily basis to have that uninterrupted time with the kids and that uninterrupted time as a family when it all kind of was done. I felt full instead of empty. Like I didn't end the vacation feeling, oh God, I can't do this anymore. I ended it feeling like we had stepped away and we had gotten some time together. So that was really nice. That's lovely. I had to do a lot of laundry when we got home. So that was three things. None of them had to do with the master's. Well, you asked about my staycation. I didn't count the Masters as the staycation. The staycation and the Masters. Now my top three things about the Masters. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I brought Selena some food from the Masters, which were among my favorite things I had there. Very excited. I saw cheese straws, chocolate chip cookies, and a mini moon pie. A mini moon pie. They're delicious. They're very good. Yeah, we had a really nice master's experience. It was very crowded this year. Like, in a way, I just don't remember it being in previous years. Mm -hmm. And we got there really early. Um, There was this one thing. There was this little garden gnome that was dressed in master's attire. Mm -hmm. And as we were walking into um, the tournament, I saw people walking out with them. And I told Kyle, that's all I've ever wanted. I've never wanted a garden gnome, but as soon as I saw those people have them, that's what I wanted. We got inside. They laughed at us when we asked about them. They were like, those sold out like an hour ago. We're like, no, really? And already people said they had searched online. They were already selling for like $900 online. It's reasonable. Right. So we didn't get that, but we did get a couple other things. We um, got a nice seat where we got to watch the tournament from... um, where we just kind of hung out. We got a little bit of rain, like a smidgen of rain. Maybe it lasted 20 minutes. Um, And then at the end of the day, we packed up our chairs because we were feeling like it was kind of getting time for us to head home. The weather was looking not so good. I don't know if you heard this, but we left because they shut the course down. They sounded the alarm and told everybody to get out. Um, I actually was planning to make one more concession stand trip before we left, but they shut the concession stands down too when they shut the tournament down. And so we were walking to the car And they opened everything back up. People went back inside. As we were on the road to get home, I think two or three trees fell down almost right where we were sitting. Full, giant Georgia pines fell. Nobody was injured, um, but they just completely fell right there during the tournament. Wow. Yeah, wow. So crazy. Pines. Yeah. hate pines. Pines, man. All they do is fall over. Yeah. I was going to say something else, but (laughs) they would just take us down a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down today. I know there's a segue somewhere in here, but I don't have the strength. Uh, I don't know. The segue is, as a reminder for folks, we are at Designing Women Season 4, Episode Mm -hmm. 13, Mm -hmm. which is a Mm two-parter. And for this episode, we're covering the two parts in one episode. That works for me. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) I think the good segue is the people um, pressure washing their driveway across the street. And they started just as we started recording. Yeah. 
I like timed it up real nice. Real nice. So next week, folks can come back, though, because we're going to have a special companion episode where we're going to talk about steel magnolias. Can't wait. I mean, it's literally one of the first things that I thought of when we started talking about this podcast was covering steel magnolias. Just covering steel magnolias. Just covering it. Well, next week is the week, but this week we're going to cover the first day of the last decade of the entire 20th century, parts one and two. Hulu's episode description says, Charlene goes into labor on New Year's Eve. Suzanne cheers her on in hopes of winning a brand new car. Awarded to the first baby, born. I'm adding in the new year because I think that sentence was confusing otherwise. But the first baby born in the new year gets a new car. Um, Elsewhere in the hospital, the other ladies and Anthony meet a dying 102-year-old black woman who tells them of her life experience as a woman of color in the South. Uh, The air date on this one was actually January 1st in 1990. And we're calling these two Babies, Cars, and Dolly Parton. It was written by LBT and directed by Harry Thomason. And I have three pieces of trivia. Oh, three. Okay. Two, which you provided in the show notes. Okay. And one that I found myself. Love it. So this episode is one of the only few, if not only, episodes in the series that show Bernice's apartment at Leisureland Village. Uh, apparently the exterior view of Bernice's building is actually the Chicago building used for the establishing shots of Bob and Emily Hartley's apartment on the Bob Newhart show. It just really rolls off the tongue, isn't it? Your mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the ladies are getting ready to go see Steel Magnolias when Charlene goes into labor. Steel Magnolias was written by Robert Harling, who would go on to create the television series GCB, which we talked about in our Annie Potts segment last week. Uh, she That show also starred Annie Potts. So there you go. It's a small world. And I'm starting to feel like the Designing Women universe is like very small. Mm-hmm. Like there's just things that are catching my eye where I'm like that person was on this, who was on this, and then they were on this. Like Hearts of Fire. Everyone's on Hearts of Fire at some point from the show. Yeah. But there are other, I don't have great examples right now, but there are other examples. Sure. Okay. And then my third piece of trivia is that um, designingwomenonline.net pointed out Um, that Julia mentions Reese is visiting his daughter in Seattle. Mm -hmm. They say that either means the writers goofed or that Margaret and her family have moved because two seasons ago in Heart Attacks and I'll Be Home for Christmas, Margaret lived in Phoenix. Okay, good catch. (laughs) Designingwomenonline.net. I like the online.net. Was it hard for you to boil down two episodes into three general reactions and stray observations or was it kind of easy? I'm counting mine. I didn't hold myself to three. <laughs> okay, so let me ask this question. Yeah. Was it hard to boil it down into a few? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Like, because I wanted to be like a reasonable human being and not have you give me dagger eyes across the table. Like beautiful dagger eyes. <laughs> say, everybody be- thinks I'm be- so mean. I like, highly, you <laughs> I highly doubt that's the case. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, did, I didn't want it to be like, I tried to not be like, all right, I'll just do seven. You know. So you did six instead. I did eight. 6.75. <laughs> I did. And you know mine, like sometimes like one thought is actually eight. That I can't help. But Parse A, B, C, and D. Yeah. So what do you have first? Well, so one thing you already, you touched on, which is that the episode premiered on January 1st, which is just blows my mind. So these are like all the things that like bam, bam, bam hit me before I could even get the TV on. I lose track of which day of the week each of these episodes allegedly aired in the CBS schedule at which time in the series. Monday? So this was a Monday. I, I looked so. it up. Uh-huh. Um, 
what I was, I know they moved to like Thursday at one point. Maybe yeah, this was some, when they moved back. They did some ping ponging in the beginning. That's right. So then they got really lucky because I probably should have taken that a step further and fact check that they usually air on Mondays. But I thought, oh, I wonder if they ran a special episode just on that Monday. And then see, guys, we're it. giving this a thought. That's what I'm I think only that's like 60% thing. thought on that one. That's I got to the point where I was like, huh, how cool they aired on that day. I went back in the calendar and I was like, it was actually a Monday. Right. And, but now it would just be like on hold. You right. would just get like reruns or right. weird stuff for two weeks or something or a month. I mean, they take big breaks now. So uh, my other thought was like uh, in this pre-TV turning on phase is like we've reached the 90s, which feels like it's a big deal and something worth just stopping and going, huh, we've been in the 80s a long time. Not anymore. And then these it's to the 90s, get, baby. And that's right. Get with it, Selena. Get with it. It's the 90s. Uh, these together are also Hulu essential episodes. So uh, I don't think we've hit one in a while, even though I think that this season has more essential episodes than any other season. Yeah. Was the episode um, with Suzanne's high school reunion, was that an essential episode? Was, yeah. yeah. Which makes sense. She was up for an Emmy for that. All, yeah. All that jazz. Um, so what, what was your general reaction? My first, like, most general reaction to this episode um, is that it just was really heartfelt. Super, super so, yeah. It almost felt personal in a way. Like, it almost felt like um, there's just a lot in there about, like, Charlene being afraid that her family members that she loved won't get to see her baby. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of circle of life sort of to this these two episodes sort of like one life coming into the world and one life peacefully leaving it just felt like maybe there was something going on that brought us to this it's so funny that you say that because because my like actual like hey I've now turned on the television and I'm watching this reaction was that there was a lot of things that felt very reflective Mm -hmm. um and then there were a lot of things as like a viewer to reflect on um, I, I thought especially so for me anyway, in the second part that focuses so much on Miss Minnie, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I wrote some things that were occurring to me as I was like uh, watching, but like the, the wisdom of people who have actually lived some life, mm-hmm. seen some things and have been here long enough to understand some things. Seen a century worth of things. Exactly. And perfect lead in because it's like the passage of time how someone like many lived through so many big moments jim crow civil rights movement two world wars the fall of the berlin wall um and yet still 102 years on this earth is just a blip on the radar so crazy and yeah and it's like holding those two things in your head is like that same deal we talk about we're talking about at the top of the episode it's like life it's simultaneously been one moment in 10 years since we were sitting in this room Mm -hmm. and i just think that um the world is funny like that and we lived through something life altering in and around that time in a once in a lifetime pandemic Mm -hmm. and so in our 30 some odd years We've lived through things like 9-11 and Columbine, countless other school shootings, a pandemic, like a really divisive presidential election. We've lived through some momentous things, too, and we're only a third of her life. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. I will say I did have like a mild criticism about pairing these two storylines together. So I just said I liked that through line of one life entering and one life leaving. I like that mode. I did feel like... 
Minnie's life almost could have been paired with a different storyline and not felt quite so tacked together. Something about this felt tacked together. Like, um, uh, Julia just happens to walk by this room and see an old lady and start talking to her. Or the idea that, like, staff is going to be like, come on in. And tell you all these personal yeah. things about her. Yeah. And just, yeah. So, I, like, even suspending that disbelief, I just felt like maybe it could have paired better or more naturally with something else. Did you have something in mind? So or? I was thinking about the heart attack episode, actually, with Reese. So, like, maybe while Julia's there in the hospital terrified about losing this man that she loves so much, she can learn from Minnie about like what it is to love somebody and um, go through that time with her while Reese is recuperating. And then instead of that weird pairing, that episode was the one that was paired with the friend. Mm-hmm. Or, anyway, I think that could have been a nice put together. I can see that. So like, it just feels like a little, t- like some imperfection and trying to be too perfect. I think that's right. And again, like, I'm not a show writer. Don't listen to me at all. Except to say, like, that just occurred to me as I was watching it, as I felt like it almost felt a little short-shrifted, to be honest, mini-story, um, and that it maybe could have been powerful in a different way. we got this one character on the show delivering a baby with this, like, huge life event, and then Minnie's story was also so compelling, and it just sort of felt, like, tacked on the end. Ooh, I, well, or to me, like, I almost forgot Charlene had a baby because I thought Miss Minnie's storyline was much more moving Yeah, for me. I think that's true. Um, and, uh, and in fact, I like until you said the thing about Charlene being worried that like her fa- I forgot about all of that. And that's it. it's the danger of a two-parter, isn't it? Yeah, it's long. I think so. And I just watched it yesterday morning, or at least like I, I like flipped through the major parts or whatever yeah. and did catch that about the family. But um, I think, I think there's really something to this about this idea, like uh, just kind of circling back to what you're saying, like something was in the water. And I think people were, it, it seemed like, you know, LBT or maybe just the world in general was taking stock because the 20th century was about to come to a close. You know, I mean, it was still a decade off, but a decade out of a hundred years is kind of crazy. It's not a lot of time. Um, and, you know, we get that through Miss Minnie who talks about all the things. I mean, and they real they, they were not subtle, you know, yeah. Anthony says, like, you are the 20th century. Yeah. Um, it, but, like, I, I was just going to say that, like, for me, I was feeling very introspective about getting things done um, instead of having a life almost lived when my time comes. Mm. So, like, on the one hand, there's that. But I thought, on the other hand, something that was coming out of this conversation with her and her getting to sit there and kind of roll through all these things she, she was feeling in her what would turn out to be her final moments was this idea of enjoying life and not rushing through it. Ooh, it's all just such a balance, right? Um, it could, that's a huge struggle for me. I'm we'll looking across a- <laughs> the I'm looking across the table at someone else I know. We'll have a working mom's. Uh- extra sugar in a few weeks that'll I think that's probably one of the main themes is just it's not possible it's, it, balance is not possible and so it's just trying to find a way that you err in the direction of actually enjoying things along the way yeah and I'm wondering now if maybe I should have um put this in the things that I really liked her dad's quote that's what she says like right as she goes we ain't what we should be. We ain't what we gonna be but at least we ain't what we was that's what I think about this show um, reflecting on it so many years later, that's what I think about my life. Mm-hmm. That's what I think about the things around me, this earth. It was just so beautiful. Um, it was one of my likes. That was one of the top. 
I'm sorry, of the I didn't mean to take that from you. I thought it was so beautiful. I have to tell you, Nikki, that I have to say that like um, it's I totally see where you're coming from on it being like maybe a little too pitch perfect, like just. You know, nothing really works out this perfectly. Although, obviously, in hospitals every day, there are people dying and coming into the world. Um, I don't think I've ever cried as much as I cried in this episode. I cried the whole way through it. Really? And every time. And every time. So, I will tell you, like, I wrote them down. Just so you know, all the times I cried. Selena sob moment. Bill and Charlene's conversation before he leaves. He invents the push gift, I guess. Oh. um, Mm -hmm. And then how um, he tells her how much he loves her. It's, like, super cheesy, but there was something about, like. So cheesy. I didn't like it. Yeah. (laughs) It was just so damn beautiful. Oh, yeah, but that was no good. But there was something about just, like, I just think they have really good chemistry. Um, And I think also I was like, man, he's not going to be here for this birth. And I think that got me like emotional because I mean, like I've not had a baby, but I feel like if you didn't have someone there in the delivery room with you, like now that that's a thing, because it wasn't always a thing, um, I feel like that would be really challenging. Uh, the the second Dolly appears in Charlene's dream, I cried. The first appearance of Minnie and basically every scene with her cried. Her saying those beautiful things about freedom, peace, progress, and then passing, followed by the f- musical cue from somewhere out there, cried. Coming out <laughs> to say Charlene had the baby. I'm in tears. Couldn't even see through. Couldn't even see the screen anymore. Um, even that dumb thing in the fighter jet where suddenly he's Maverick and Top Gun. I'm crying were you, again. Were you going through something at that time? I, it's happened every time I've watched it. It's so funny because I think the first time I watched it, I remember, and I don't, you have, you have more cry examples? I do. Oh, okay. Dolly coming in on the song somewhere out there, cried. Dolly taking Miss Minnie to heaven, cried. Cue the angels, I'm dead. I was just dead. I think the first time I watched it, I got weepy and I have this in my likes in addition to Minnie Bell's comment from her dad, which brought me to tears. Um, When Dolly says, I also know that in a few hours you're going to meet the best friend that you'll ever have, your daughter. Then she said, you just remember that tomorrow when you meet your daughter on the first day of the last decade of the entire 20th century, you'll be meeting the person that will be holding your hand when it's your time to go. I cried then too. Oh my God. And maybe because my first child is is a girl and that, that, similar thought had occurred to me like oh my god that one those two things got me I think the first time I watched the episode I was probably a little more weepy than the next time because the next time I was all business I got it I had to take my notes I had to get stuff down I didn't oh, let I was taking notes I didn't tears. let myself live in it too long <laughs> well I, I will say one thing about me though is I don't really cry that much in real life so I get my tears out through this kind of stuff music tv shows movies that's when I cry Mm-hmm. Mondays. I think I don't cry as much as I should cry. I, I used to cry all the time. I used to have one good cleansing cry at least a week. I don't do it as much oh, anymore. That's, I'm, that's pretty frequent. Again, going back to being like all business and just trying to get things done and like just check the boxes. Uh-huh. Um, I don't let myself live in it. Now, too has long. that coincided with being a parent? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just taking a guess. Just a random it's funny you talk about you crying so much my last general reaction is that it's hilarious I love thinking of you crying no it's funny that you say that because it pairs kind of funnily with my last general reaction which is that this episode had all the makings of an almost too much silliness yeah um so the dream sequences sometimes are a little extra but the dolly sequence was really really well done Mm -hmm. both both when she's talking to Charlene but then also when they bring her back to escort Minnie to heaven it was really beautifully done. Because mm-hmm. um, you know how I feel about dream sequences. 
So the second dream sequence with them all as babies was like, that was the first time in the whole episode. I was like, this is a bridge too far. This is so stupid. I wish we could have cut this part out. I hated that part. I've got thoughts. I hated it so much. Mm -hmm. But I think with Charlene, if we think about her character, several of her major life events have paired with a fever dream or a flashback. I'm thinking about her and Bill early in their relationship. Yeah. This is how she experiences life. So for me, it was almost just like, oh, it's Charlene. Okay, that makes sense. Instead of like, not another dream sequence. Mm. So I Mm -hmm. I wasn't put off by them too much till we got to the baby one. Um, But the first dream sequence was really, I thought really well done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very nice. So all the rest of mine are stray. Okay. I have just one more general reaction, which is we meet Vanessa, um, who they're introducing us to, like, as like some kind of party girl, obviously, you know, I can't really figure out what exactly it is that we're doing here, but I'm just not sure I like it. With Um, Vanessa? mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Here's some of what they have her doing over the course of the two episodes. Um, She immediately wants to have sex on the couch at Sugar Baker's. Look, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, not necessarily. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sex. I'm just saying, like, it feels like we were drawing a certain character, okay? Then um, she wants to go rifle through, like, Julia's clothes. Um, She thinks Anthony's married at one point and doesn't think twice about it. She asked for Demerol at the hospital. I just think, um, you know, I do think that they're setting us up for this kind of My Fair Lady plot that we're going to hit in a couple of episodes, but... These just felt like really strange, like stereotypes or something to use, especially when the show isn't exactly brimming with women of color. Mm. And I bumped on it a little bit. So, so they're actually, but I really like her. There was something cut (laughs) Uh in addition to asking for the Demerol. There's a part cut right before she, they all tell her to be quiet while she's singing and dancing. She's in a lot of pain. (laughs) She's, um, no, she's calling someone to order like something in. Uh-huh. And so she wants to order food and liquor. Um, she They ask the address and she says, I don't know, just look in the phone book. And then she tells them to send pretzels, donuts, a box of condoms, and a couple of six packs of beer. Um, and then asked him to throw in one of those frozen entries, you know, entries and Somebody says, I think you mean entrees. So she wants some frozen meals. She says, yes. And then she says, put him under the name Anthony Bouvier. He'll pay for it when you get here. And then tries to get his credit card number. Um, And then she tells him to throw in some eyeliner and deodorant too. So in my read of that, there, I think that actually framed her as like more of a grifter than even we've heard so far. uh Um, But I think you're right. I think they were trying to tee us up for what's coming in a couple of episodes with this character like the absolute opposite of the only other girlfriend we've met so far of anthony's how Mm -hmm. far different can we get from what's her name Uh, lita lita Mm -hmm. how far away from lita can we get and And i I think it would be vanessa i really like her because i think she's just so charismatic that no matter what they have her doing you're just kind of like she's so cute when she's like dancing in the hospital and stuff i really like her i just i just See, if you don't have the pairing of the My Fair Lady episode, yeah. it just feels something. And I, I think I'm it. having trouble pulling that apart because I'm now watching the My Fair Lady uh-huh. episode for a, a future recording. Shh. And <laughs> spoiler alert, we're still going to keep covering episodes. Um, but I think, yeah, she's like, she's in my heart. And I have read that Vanessa becomes, in a lot of Designing Women fans' minds, she is Anthony's girlfriend Mm -hmm. even though she's only in a couple of episodes and then he doesn't end up with her spoiler alert so um I don't know I think in my heart I'm like 
I'm kind of in love with her. Yeah. Yeah. I like her a whole lot. Um, okay. So stray observations, what you got? So I really liked Mary Jo's retelling of the last remaining elderly man on earth, taking the old ladies to church. This was like way at the beginning uh of the episode. Yeah. Um, the reason I wanted to bring that up as a stray is because I'm really enjoying the like non sequitur cold opens lately. Okay. Usually it used to be Charlene doing this for us because she would always have something she read in the newspaper or something she saw on TV the other night. But now we're getting more Mary Jo And I just love how they take these, like, I love this about comics, too, how they they take these mundane experiences that I really haven't thought too much about, but then make you realize, like, dang, I've seen that before. And in a past life, I feel like I have seen this little old man barely peeking over the steering wheel, driving (laughs) his wife and her friends to church. For sure. You could totally picture. And I know exactly what they're talking about. And I just think that's genius storytelling and genius writing to tap into a universal experience that people don't realize is universal. Right down to the seatbelt. Yes. Sparking. Sparking. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That was all really good. Um, So I was thinking about, and they do, like, I guess Dolly says, like, when she's talking about Charlene's baby, who will be Olivia, like, um, you know, she can grow up, she can be anything she wants to be. She could be the leader of the free world. And I just wanted to say that Olivia can be the leader of the free world in two years because she'll be 35. Woo. Thanks for that. Yep. (laughs) Sorry. Dolly's aggressively long nails are totally back in style. Oh. Um, I don't know that they ever went out, did they? Uh as long as they're on Dolly. Hey, whatever you whatever you want. Whatever you want. But I don't I mean, I just assume hers are really long again if they if they never change. But I was like, whoa, those are long. And then I was like, oh, everyone's are again, except for mine. Just nubs over here. <laughs> I'm a former violinist, so I keep mine short all the time. For the violin. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, how do we feel about Mary Jo giving Bernice a tree skirt as a Christmas present? I, well, I guess that is weird, but just if it's the setup for Bernice to be running sure. around in a darn Christmas tree skirt, I feel so good about it. How do you feel about giving people Christmas themed presents on Christmas? I mean, you really gotta, I guess like, I mean, whatever, but like, cause I don't want to like, Dump on poop people's Christmas on someone, presents. Yeah, <laughs> but so for me. Which if, is cleaner, <laughs> poop or dump? Poop. Which one is the more polite way? I think they're both, they're both good. They're both solid. I don't want to oopsie doopsie. Um, maybe I shouldn't have said solid. Anyways, I think. Um, <laughs> that was a you, slow burn. You just really need to know your audience. So if it's something that you absolutely know, like this person will love this and yeah. it's early on enough, I've done it before. Yeah, right? okay. Um, well, this year I got you something. In to, advance yeah. of Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. But, and it wasn't necessarily even your Christmas present, but like I gave it to you early on so you could put it on your tree And then something. it got broken. Mm-hmm. And then you had to buy me a replacement. Or same with you. Because you got me the Dolly advent calendar. Yeah. So we literally met early. So like if it's that kind of that thing. That was a seasonal I think that gift. makes sense. That was a, you got a whole month's worth of joy out of that. Yeah. Why's your eye twitching? I'm just watching you categorize over there. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to point out is that when Charlene was sitting at home watching yeah. TV, outside the window, did you notice how lush and green it was? Because they're in California. And they're talking about how but it's going to sleet and snow and Bill can't even get out of Mississippi or whatever because it's sleeting and snowing so bad. I didn't. I'm the exact TV viewer that they want. Oh, my Good gosh. Job. It was Good. gorgeous outside. <laughs> like, there are plants, like, blooming out there. That's and then funny. they're like, it's freezing cold. Everything's falling apart. 
So I, I think, it, so I wanted to, this, well, this is one of my stray observation, but it really f- feeds into something that you were saying, like you expect that, hey, it's okay if it's like a dream s- sequence because it's Charlene, but I thought right. it was interesting. This just really felt like a throwback to I'll be seeing you again when Charlene first meets Bill. Like she oh. goes into sleep into that world. Really weird, really great World War Two. We called it a dream. fever dream, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it felt, it's interesting because this one, like, she does see Bill right again before she goes to sleep. Right. She falls asleep to this really, like, 40s era song. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was interesting that we decided to pair that up again. Uh, and then I, my very last stray observation is they brought the baby out for everyone to see. No one is family. I put that in 90s things. Okay. And I didn't know. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, maybe that was a thing that happened, but it feels like they're probably busy and they don't have time to run them out to non-family members or maybe that's even like. Well, they just don't take the baby away from. There's this whole thing about skin to skin contact. And for the first some amount of time, they want you, the mother, holding the baby or the like the person who birthed the baby holding the baby for a certain amount of time. Um, so yeah, I put that in '90s things. That doesn't happen really much anymore. Yeah, just the whole that just all seemed weird to me. I had two more strays. Okay. Um, in the scene with Dolly, Charlene mentions a sister, Pat, who died. So I didn't recall us ever talking about her losing a sister. Uh, and I confirmed on Designing Women Online that she died as an infant, and that the show doesn't really say much about her. We talked so much about Charlene's family. It was just mm-hmm. surprising to me. This is the first time, as someone who's lost a sibling, it is strange for someone not to someone we know this well to not know that she's lost a sibling. Mm, But mm -hmm. if she died as an infant, maybe that explains it a little bit more. Hmm. Um, And then childbirth. I just want to say painkillers are okay during childbirth. There was this whole, this also is a nineties thing. This whole thing about um, Charlene basically asking Mary Jo, like, don't tell anybody I cheated. And, And that's just a really outdated view. And I have this platform. So I'm going to say, like, it's okay to have painkillers during childbirth. That is not, like, cheating. I can assure you that childbirth, any way you have it, is not going to be the most pleasant experience. And if this makes it slightly more pleasant, it's okay. That's a nice plug. That just, I hated that whole part. (laughs) Like, oh, come on. It's not cheating. Yeah. I had had painkillers both times. The first time, I swear to you, it didn't work. I can tell you what natural childbirth feels like because that's how that first one felt second one dream it was a perfect i loved having my son it was such an easy experience yeah it's well i mean it's like uh you know we used to wake women up here it is right you know so it's we've really gone all over the map my mother-in-law was put to sleep for both of her sons when they were born uh so it's different for everybody yeah but that was a good plug absolutely i think that's really important i don't it doesn't make you um it doesn't make you any less strong. So, right. Just, I, I think, I have said before, if I was going to have kids, I'd be like, give me everything you have. It will be fine. It really and truly, <laughs> like, made the experience having my son, like, just, like, as great as childbirth can be. Like, it did barely hurt at all. And I just felt so much less, I honestly thought with my daughter I was going to die. That's a terrifying experience. And sure. I really thought I was going to die with my son. I was like, this is so fantastic. Let's go home now. (laughs) I was ready to be home. So I just wanted to say that if you choose not to have painkillers, totally fine. If you choose to have them, totally fine. It's your baby. This is one of the first big decisions you're going to make for your baby. And just trust that your decision is the right one. Yeah. If you hadn't said that last part, we could have clipped it and then maybe seen if we could get some ads for like, you know, just painkillers. Take them if you need them. (laughs) Don't take them if you don't need them. And just end. (laughs) See, like... 
for you know one for the pharmaceuticals you there know? you go they just struggle to get by <laughs> they really I do. feel for them all the time for sure so uh, speaking of things we like like pharmaceuticals drugs <laughs> just the drugs uh i think we've talked about most of mine mm-hmm. uh again the whole dolly scene had the makings of jump the sharky but it actually turned out really lovely uh, I also, the mini bell ward, every scene with her was amazing. That quote from her dad is the one I called out. So my only two strays we haven't really talked about, Anthony skipping out on his New Year's Eve date to go be at the hospital with Charlene. I really like that. Like how much more um, loyalty can you expect from someone Yeah. than a like mid-20s, late-20s man giving up his New Year's Eve date to come wait for a baby? That's, yeah, that's delightful. A yeah. Um, and then my last one was just everything about Bernice sitting at home sipping eggnog was like straight perfection. And then her squealing into the um, maternity ward, like right before Charlene delivered was, so, or right before midnight was so great. Yep. And she said, she says, thanks for the ride, you turkeys. Yeah. Oh my God. She is just so freaking funny. Just, yeah. So that was also on my list. Everything, like just every time she appears on screen, you know, it's going to be a golden moment. Um, She's so I mean, and like, I don't know that you would know from the very first episode that we were going to get the gems that we've gotten. Yeah. Um, they've, they've played her character to its max ability. That's lovely. Uh, I think the other thing is also related to Bernice's. My other like, uh, you've caught the rest of mine, so thank you. Is, uh, You're welcome and sorry. To, no, 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 it's good. Uh, Suzanne, every time she calls Bernice, you little fruitcake. Little fruitcake. I don't know why, but every time it makes it's me fun. laugh. The way she, she likes says it. it. Like, yeah. <laughs> the way she says it, because like, I just think, so Suzanne's character is so funny anyway, because they just kind of keep bouncing her around. One second, she's kind of like this eccentric something, and the next time, you know, just like very like, ah, da, 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 like almost sounds like, like almost what I would classify as like a old Hollywood broad or something, oh. you know? <laughs> Um, and I can't, it's like, they can't decide exactly what they want to do, but I like both of the versions are nice. What about things we didn't like? Uh, I only have two things I didn't like. Uh, I already mentioned one, which was the baby dream sequence toward the end with all the characters as babies. So I just, that was bad. It was so dumb, right? That was bad. Well, so I wanted to share something with you to see what you thought about this. Alicia. It was hard for me to not watch this one. I have here, sorry, that this was a crime against comedy and perhaps humanity. Oh, no. I I think it was really bad. I think it might be the worst thing I've seen on this show. It, it was not good. It's up there. It was not good. But it's also hard to not watch this and think about the off-screen drama that's brewing. Oh, uh-huh. And was this maybe LBT's way of talking through the script? Because it feels like they're saying, you're being a baby. <gasps> No, LBT wouldn't do that to us. That's exactly what it read like to me. So if it's not, it's either that or she was really digging on Muppet Babies, which I don't blame her for because Muppet Babies is great. Delightful. Um, But that's what it felt like to me. LBT, tell us more. The other thing I didn't like Mm -hmm. is uh, possibly a stretch, but I was mildly annoyed at Charlene's conversation with Bill in the delivery room. Okay. So we couldn't hear his side of the conversation, but we hear her say, I know, I know you are. So she was like trying to kind of comfort him. And I'm sure it's because he said something like, I'm just trying to help. I just want to be helpful. And I just want to say like, whoever's delivering a baby no one else gets to be defensive or like need comforting in that moment than the person delivering a baby. 
he didn't need to say anything that made Charlie. He should have let her hang up on him and assumed like it was going to be okay later because she was in the middle of contractions and delivering a baby. And I just felt like that was such a man thing to do. So I want to say that, yes, but also I read it more as like, I'm trying to get there. I know, I know you are. No, maybe. Um, There was something else maybe that she said around it then that made me feel like they were talking about Lamaze class or something. She said, I know we're doing it like I tried to do in the class or whatever. There was something that made me think that. But you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm a little grouchy toward Bill. I, well, get get it together, Bill. Get it together, Bill. Get it together. Uh, my only other thing is that it, this episode just looks so old. Um, with the bad graphics, um, they like put fake Christmas lights on the outside of sugar bakers. That happens a lot. You know, I watch King of Queens. I've told you this. I watch it every night before I go to bed. They do that at Christmas time on that show too. that show. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it from like, like the early two thousands, gotten some real ones to get mm-hmm. or something. Anyway, so that it's you know the the establishing shots are always they're pretty bad. It's just the era. I get that, but um, maybe it just felt worse because we're we actually have a lot of movement in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a strange turn of pace, and um, and and I think maybe just having so many of them, you're just like whoa. But that and then mm-hmm. the jet. And I remember I just wanted it to like write Pepsi in the sky or something. Was the jet in the episode where they got married? They had a flyover of some sort. There was some like sky writing something. I thought it was that episode. Come on and marry me, Bill. But there was a sky writing something or other. Maybe congrats or something. This was the exact same thing to me. Mm -hmm. It just was the exact same thing. And I remember hating that then too. Funny. The 90s, you know. The 90s. Um. Are you ready to rate this one? I am. Okay. My rating scale is Guardian Celebrities. Okay. I'm going to give it 4.75. Okay. I, like I said, I liked the arch of life and death. Um, arch? Arc? Arc. I was trying to think. Well, an arch and an arc. Mm-hmm. I like the through line of life and death. <laughs> Just switch it up. You know, we talked about the birth of Charlene's baby, which was sort of a long time coming this season. We got to see Minnie Bell's peaceful passing. I don't want that to sound like, ooh, it was so exciting to watch someone die. But we got to watch this, like, peaceful passage of life. It, yeah, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I thought the humor was actually really spot on for such a long episode. It felt like it was still funny the whole way through. Like I said, my only potential beef with it was that at times it felt like a couple episodes sort of pasted together, which I think is just a byproduct of being so long. Um, but all in all, I really liked the episode. I thought it was really well done and a nice way to kind of come into the next decade for this show. Love it. I gave it 4.8 out of 5 never-ending tears. Just mine. Aww. Just my never-ending tears. It was tears. your sob fest. Selena sob. Sad sob Sometimes fest. that happens. Between this and other things I've watched lately. Oh. Like Still Magnolias. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think with the exception of the Suzanne plot line and the weird choices with Vanessa, I just thought it was beautifully written episode. Um, so it was pretty much in the tops for me. Um, and then I've got to say that we're going to have to switch up the name of our category here because it's not 80s things anymore. Not anymore. It's 90s things. 90s things. And what's more 90s than Anthony waiting on a check from Julia? Oh, Which that's was one good. of the things that happened early. Uh, sitting at the house after Bill left, Charlene just walked over and turned the radio on and music played. That feels like a very 90s thing to have happened. Yeah, sure. Uh, Bernice mentions the Avon lady, which was kind of a 90s phenomenon. Sure. 
Uh, Bernice confused Vanessa for Tina Turner. Tina Turner, and then as I've mentioned, there were lots of dated references throughout the baby delivery scene. Uh, so taking Charlene away for her to deliver. So a lot of hospitals now actually let you deliver, like they take you to a room and you deliver in that room and then stay there afterwards. Mm-hmm. So they took her like away to a delivery room. All the discussion about pain relievers and like natural childbirth and all that felt really dated to me. Uh, you already mentioned the nurse parading the newborn out for all the friends to see. That just, I don't think really happened. That was not consistent with my experience. And Anthony taking a picture with like the old school camera. Oh, I didn't like notice father. that. Yeah, I didn't he notice like that. takes out like a 18 pound Perfect. camera. Perfect. That he's going to take a film of, ro- uh, roll a film later and drop it off at Rite Aid to de- develop. Yeah. Or maybe like directly at Kodak. Oh, maybe. Yeah. That was my that was my last nineties thing. Okay, yeah, I think the only other things I had were looking back at physical photographs, um, mm. and <laughs> I don't even know. So, for, like uh, the underwear plot line, <laughs> where uh, Bernice is talking about the inspector buy and a person's name on the underwear. That just like what. Like, I don't even know if that was an, it was a, a once upon a time thing, but it would just be like a number now, like inspected by for underwear for whatever. sure. Yeah. Uh, um, I so. shop at Lush at the mall, mm-hmm. which is like bath and body work sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they all have an inspected by person on them. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not jockey. No. Um, so. Not that personal that? anymore. No. Uh, yep. That's it. That's all my nineties things. How about Southern things? The Atlanta Chamber of Commerce is who was giving the car away. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, there was a Steel Magnolias reference, which came out on November 15th. Can I, in 1989, can I just say that I never realized that came out as close to the holidays as it did? Well, you're four. It's my Easter film. Mm-hmm. I watch it when it's coming spring every year. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I just hadn't really ever processed that's when it came out. What a nice holiday gift for people in 1989. Yeah, I hope they loved it. Yeah. Uh, and the last Southern thing I had was West Side Hospital. That's where Mary Jo said Charlene was delivering. As far as I could tell, there was not a West Side in Atlanta, but there is a North Side. And North Side Hospital was founded in 1970. So I wonder if that was the thing or if West Side was just a generic name. I don't know. Feels like maybe it was just generic. But but how odd that there was a North Side. Yeah. Mm, LBT has shown her knowledge That's of Atlanta true. a time or two. She really has the references down. Um, well, I had, we get another To Kill a Bock, Mockingbird reference, not a Mockingbird. Um, Jackson, Mississippi gets mentioned. That's where Bill is grounded due to the weather. I think Suzanne is the one who says, well, that's a fine how do you do. Mm. Very Southern. Um, oh, Miss Minnie mentioned she didn't have her black eyed peas for New Year's. Brownsville, Tennessee, where Miss Minnie was born. The Color Baptist Churches, started by Minnie's father. I looked it up. The first was in Savannah, Georgia, on January 20th, 1788. Good Lord. Um, I, well, I think the timelines probably don't add up then. But mm. uh, Panama Unlimited, this is a train that ran from New Orleans to Chicago. She, uh, Miss Minnie wishes that she had been on the Panama Unlimited. And then Pickneyville, Mississippi, gets a mention as well. Um, this is where, when Minnie's recounting things about her life, she talks about her daughter started a black library there. So, uh, we man, we really covered them between the 90s and the Southern references. How about references that we need to talk about? Uh, somewhere out there, which you mentioned, was the song that was playing at the end. So that was in the 1986 film, An American Tale. My son loves to listen to that song when he's falling asleep at night. It's like, Bernice. 
sweet. Um, originally, it was recorded by Linda Ronstadt and James Ingram, but in this episode, it was recorded by Patty Linsky and Dar- Daniel Daryl Finesse. Mm. I think I have some typos here. Finesse. <laughs> anyway, it's a beautiful song. I love that song. Did you? Were you a an American Tell person for sure? Yeah, yeah. it's weird because I like accidentally rant. Not accidentally. Obviously, I'm like looking at different things for uh, preparing for today's episode, but. Um, maybe I ran by like Roger Ebert's review of the movie or something. And I think he gave it like a really low, like he's like a thumbs up guy. Maybe Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he gave it like one thumbs up or one star, whatever his rating was. And just said it was like way too dark for kids. Mm. I loved it. We watched it all the time. We watched American Tale 2, the Western one. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on the name now, but we watched that one probably Fifle more. Fifle Goes West. Thank you. We watched that one probably more than the first one. But uh-huh. I took my kids to see it because they played it on Swanee Town Center um, two summers ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know that I'd ever watched it with them. My parents might have. My kids loved it. They love the movie. I think the dark parts go over their heads. Yeah, I think that's true. I don't think they Maybe really it's just process. darker for adults. Yeah. It was also like the story was brought to the guy who did it. Is it Bluth or something? Um, but by Steven Spielberg. So it was like his story. I mean, not his story. He wasn't a mouse. But like, you know, he brought the story to Bluth to make the cartoon. Um, and, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, he cranks out some good he stuff. He knows some I hear. stuff. He knows some stuff. Um, and actually the other... Like, this was a, a group that separated off from Disney. Oh, so they yeah. also did The Secret of Nim, which was oh, also... I don't a, think I've seen that. That's dark, too. Yeah. But I love The Secret of Nim when I was little. Mm. But I, I've, all, I've always liked darker stuff. So that might be part of it, too. I don't know. I feel like kids' movies back then were dark. Have you ever seen The Brave Little Toaster? Yes. Now, that is a dark story. I don't remember it. It's just sad. So it's like The Brave Little Toaster... Um. Those ones about the animals that get lost, those are really sad movies. Um, I don't know. I'm just like, again, this feels like me going to territory that I have no business talking about. But I think it's okay for people to learn how to process hard emotions. So. Yeah. I mean, like, I've just Googled sad 90s movies about animals so I could figure out the name of this movie. And Homer um, Bound came up. Free Willy Man. It did. Oh, Free Willy. Free Willy Man. That's a deep, dark movie. And I used to watch it all the time. Oh, my end's pretty happy. The uh, the Land Before Time. Love The Land Before Time. Bambi. Yeah, well, all of those in, begin with parents dying. That was like the thing, right? Oh, yeah. They all do. Yeah. Every single one of them. That's true. Yeah. So that was like, uh, that was a thing. I can't find the movie now. Something was going on with Walt. Anyway, we like we just really like to put kids through it. But I agree with you. I think it builds empathy in kids. And I think a kid can watch an emotional movie. I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think American, an American tale is dark. Well, speaking of your reference of Free Willy, we also get a Shamu the Well reference. Oh, good. And um, so I, I just wanted to say that, like, yes, Shamu is, like, a stage name. So I think it's, like, performing wells. <laughs> it just sounds so terrible. The stage name winds up being Shamu no matter what sea world you're at. Oh, okay. But there was, like, an original Shamu, is my point. And she was Not captured. Um, That's... Well, there's also Keiko. That's okay. a different well, I believe. So she was captured in 1965, the original Shamu, performed until 71, was retired after an incident surrounding a publicity stunt, which was not 
really on the fault of the whale. And then she died four months later. She was only 10, which is like aggressively a younger life than it should have been. And I just want to say like this year, it's been 10 years since Blackfish came out. Mm. Um, and, uh, it's really obviously exposed a lot of what's dangerous and incredibly heartbreaking about keeping these animals in captivity. The reason I'm bringing this up is because I just feel like that reference Shamu in 90 feels very different than thinking about a Shamu reference in 2023. Oh, just because I think we know a lot more now than we did then, which is really just the show. (laughs) Uh, so, um, I also, another reference is Vanessa herself is actually played by Olivia Brown, who, as far as I can tell, was a really big get for designing women at the time. So I just wanted to say that like, um, by this time she had starred in 48 hours, throw mama from the train. And I think the entire run of Miami vice, I'm not a Miami vice girl myself, mm-hmm. but, um, that was a huge show, uh, in the eighties. So I just wanted to give her a little plug there. And then. We do also get the Tina Turner reference. I thought it might have been our first reference to her, but I look back and it's not. But however, I wanted to mention that 1989 is the year that she released the cover of The Best on her seventh album. Simply the best. Mm-hmm. That one. So one is, is that I didn't think I knew that was a cover. Hmm. I just totally associate that with Tina Turner. Um, this goes on to be like the song that's like pretty much synonymous with her and as like a, as a singer and as an artist. And then it has a ton of commercial success as well. It's like a worldwide phenomenon. And then a special shout out to the amazing Shit's Creek version. I'm linking both in the blog post because I just feel like if you want to just have a good day. You need to go watch Tina Turner and then watch Shit's Creek. And possibly a good cry. That Shit's Creek uh, scene makes me cry. It's yeah. so romantic. Same. Yeah. So romantic. It's 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 one of the most romantic scenes I think I've ever seen in a show ever. It's beautifully done. And so well that and then the Bill one. <laughs> You're so damn beautiful. Also, for what it's worth, I do think that uh, Vanessa's putting off some serious Tina energy. For sure. So yeah. That. Uh and that's all for me. Okay. So bye. (laughs) (laughs) No, first we have to tell the people. Oh, oh, sorry. That we're going to go a little off book. And next week we're going to do something really inspired by these two massive references we get in this week's episode, uh, Steel Magnolias and Dolly Parton. Yeah. We're going to do main episode about our Steel Magnolias memories and and thoughts on that. And then we're going to do an extra sugar all about Dolly Parton, which I have to tell you guys, I really prepared for this one. I, there were books involved. So I am I'm all in on my Dolly Parton deep dive. So. Um, this is what we were born for. It really, yeah. We're, they, we've been our whole lives have been leading to this moment. So go ahead and strap in, guys. It's going to be a long episode. <laughs> Two very long episodes. It's going to be long. I, I'm and I was still long. trying to self censor. <laughs> oh, like edit yourself down? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and then I was like. But the people need to know. It's true. I know. It's hard. So as always, we'd love you to follow along with us and engage. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV, TikTok Sweet Tea TV Pod. Our email address is sweetteatvpod at gmail.com. Um, like Selena said, we're on YouTube. Now we're on the tubes. We're on the YouTubes. <laughs> we're on the tubes. Um, and our website is www.sweetteatv.com. And um, you can rate and review the podcast wherever you listen, which is super helpful for helping other people find us. Um, And then there are some additional ways to support the show from our Support Us page, including a link to our Patreon page, which might be important this week because we have a Patreon-exclusive Extra Sugar this week. 
So there will be no mainstream episode of uh, Extra Sugar this week. We are going to wrap up some unfinished business um, from this episode with our Patreon listeners. So I just want to, I feel like a, a woo woo. I don't know. I'm just going <laughs> to add in something there. Um, so if you are not a Patreon listener, but you want to be, go ahead and take a look at our Patreon page and you can see how to join us. That's it. All right. We know what that means. What does it mean, Selena? It means we're going to see you around the Steel Magnolias and Dolly Parton Bend. Bye, y'all.